0: this episode of RocketShip.fm is brought to you by gainsight gainsight helps customer success post sales and product teams put customers at the heart of their business to deliver better outcomes and grow net dollar retention trusted by world's
1: leading teams like box zendesk workday and many many others gainsight's platform is designed to help its customers reach roi sooner
0: and faster. You can check out a host of resources that Gainsight has available and even schedule a demo today. It's all available at Gainsight.com. Again, Gainsight.com. This is part four of a special five-part miniseries on Rocketship.fm dissecting product challenges. In each episode, we take real product challenges submitted by our listeners. And to help with them, we've enlisted Ken Norton, the creator of the popular Bring the Donuts newsletter and 14-year veteran at Google and GV, formerly Google Ventures.
1: Ken's pretty much seen it all, heard it all in his career at Google and and now in coaching product people. So chances are if you're stuck with a particular challenge, Ken can help.
0: Yes, this entire five-part miniseries, it's done to celebrate the upcoming virtual edition of Industry, the Product Conference. That's coming up on April 20th and 21st. It's a conference that Ken's keynoted in the past, uh, but this year we have Marty Kagan, author of Inspired and Empowered, Raul Vora, CEO of Superhuman, uh, Teresa Torres, founder of Product Talk, and over a dozen other product leaders.
1: There will be talks, interactive discussions, one-on-one video networking, Q&As with speakers. Mike and I will both be there. It's sure to be a good time, and we hope you join us. Tickets are starting at less than
0: $200 for the entire two-day experience. Yep, you can register at industryconference.com slash virtual and use the code ROCKETCHIP to save $40 on your pass.
1: Of course, first things first, before Industry Virtual, we are digging through another big product challenge in today's episode. And
0: we might be a little biased. But. Oh, well, there's actually no but. Today's product challenge, it actually has to do with bias. And how we all have our own biases. Ah,
1: I see what you (laughs) did there. Well, before we get into that, let's roll the intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective, where your hosts, Michael Saka and
0: Mike Belsito.
1: So, you say that today's product challenge is all about
0: bias. Yes, it is. And it's coming from Yvette, who's a relatively new product manager at an insurance company, actually. Uh, And well, you could hear her challenge here, portrayed by a voice actor, as we've been doing throughout the entire series. I know that product people should always stay close to customers, but I worry that my own personal biases could sometimes influence the takeaways I have when meeting with customers directly. What's the best way to prevent our own biases from clouding what we learn from customers
1: well I'm glad that Yvette brought this challenge up because this actually should be something that we're all thinking about
0: yeah I think that Ken Norton would agree with you he starts off his take
2: on this one by complimenting Yvette on the challenge itself first off congratulations because being aware of your own biases is the first step to, to to circumventing them and overcoming them and so I'd say you're already you're already on a good path toward self-awareness there. Uh, and and you're exactly right. I think, you know, customer conversations, user interviews, user research are very prone to our biases, particularly as as product managers. Um, you know, in my own career, I I think about, you know, confirmation bias being a big one. Right? It's just like you you go in with a predetermined notion of the product working in a certain way or, or needing to do something or having your own opinion about what the user or the customer will want. And, and, and you hear what you want to hear, right? You so say like, wow, they, they, they said they didn't like that, but really, you know, they, they, they like the broader theme. And, and, and in fact, early in my career, I would, I would refuse to go to user studies because I felt like I would always draw the wrong conclusions. And I, I believe that, you know, PM shouldn't even be in the room. They should let user researchers synthesize the the learnings and, uh, I, I've since changed my tone on that. I, I do enjoy go to going to user studies and in, and in, in customer evals, but um, but I always withhold my judgment until I've seen what the user researcher has 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 helped me understand. Um, and I think you know my my first piece of advice is when you're talking to customers, you're talking to users, is to just listen more than you talk. The less you talk, the more you're getting their fundamental understanding of what the problem is. And and what they need you to do about it, the more you talk, the more you're you know what they say in the legal profession is leading the witness, <laughs> like you even just the way you ask questions. But wouldn't it be great if it did this? Like you're you're just setting them up, and and I think as much as they're customers and they're paying us or they're using our service, they they want to give the right answer, right? They they want they want to make you happy, and and I think you know they want to tell you what they think you want to hear, and so that leads to this danger of. If you're asking them questions in a way that you're getting answers you want to get, and you have a willing participant on the other side that that wants to make you happy and give you the answer, then you're just you're just fulfilling your own kind of self-fulfilling prophecy here. My second piece of advice when talking to customers and when the users is to is to stay focused on their problems, not solutions. And I, I think this is an important part of product development is customers are very, very in tune with their problems. They know what's painful about it. They know. Why it sucks, they know why it's hard, they know why it's that it wastes time, like whatever problem you're trying to solve, they can tell you all about it from the inside out, why it's why it's terrible. Um, and but they don't necessarily know what the solution is. That's your job. And so, you know, if you think about like doctors, right? Describe where you hurt. Like the the patient knows where they hurt, they can just like describe it in 15 different ways and they have all sorts of metaphors for it. But you wouldn't ask the patient, great, what 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 should I diagnose you with? That's the doctor's job. And so I think the more you are listening to customers talk about the problems they're experiencing, the, the less likely you are to let your own biases come in because your biases are often around the solutions to those problems and the product you want to build. And so, you know, again, this is why listening to them talk about their problems can, can help you overcome some of this. Um, you know, another thing is just in terms of listening, there's, there's a couple different ways that we listen. There's uh, what psychologists call type one listening, and what psychologists call type two listening and type one listening would be i'm listening to you through the lens of what i'm going to say next and, and there's there's plenty of examples where that's actually fine like you I mean imagine being at a restaurant and the waiter is reading the specials of the day like you're you're hearing in your head which of these ones do i i want to eat and and that's fine you're naturally listening from a type one perspective type two listening is listening from the other person's perspective type two is really hearing really understanding what someone is saying i'm listening to you and I'm trying to understand what it means for you. I'm not immediately snapping to what I'm going to say next. I'm not immediately thinking about what I'm going to do about it. I'm really, truly listening to you. And, and I think that's important with customers because oftentimes we're listening in a type one fashion. We're like, okay, what am I going to build? Oh, yep, that validates this feature. Or yep, well, that that's too hard. Like, there's no way I'm going to do that. Stop doing that. Listen to them. Really understand and empathize with the problem they're experiencing and and, and how and how it matters to them. And, and I think my final piece of advice here is, you know, is I've, I've been really fortunate to work with really tremendous professional user researchers in my career, some of the, the best of the best. And, and this is what they do. They're trained to do this. This is their job is to understand how to ask great questions and to overcome biases and to be able to translate lessons into ways that are actionable for product managers. And so if you're fortunate enough to work with a, a, a user researcher, let them take the lead. Um, if you're not, you can still gain some of these skills. Uh, there's a book I recommend uh, by my friend Erica Hall called Just Enough Research, which is all just about how, how do you do user research and, and how do you talk to cus- customers? And it has a whole section on biases, which, which Yvette will appreciate uh, and how to overcome them. Uh, and there'd be some great techniques in there that would, would probably work for her as well.
0: I really love the advice that Ken gives here. Uh, two things really stood out. First, listen more than you talk and listen from your customer's perspective really understand and empathize with the problem that they're experiencing and how it matters to them. I love that guidance. It's definitely great feedback on how to interact with your users and your customers. Yeah. And really, if you think about it, it's great feedback on how to interact with anybody. I mean, even your spouse Mm -hmm. at home. I mean, listen more than you talk, empathize with their problems and truly listen instead of thinking about what you're going to say next. I mean, this is a great way to show your partner that you actually care.
1: That's Actually true.
0: <laughs> okay. So now we're getting good life advice from Ken, but back yeah. to the heart of the issue, back to Yvette's challenge of accounting for her own biases. Um, I actually shared a story with Ken and on how once I went to visit a customer with somebody else from my product team, and it was a customer interview that the two of us were a part of, and it was a great interview. And
1: you both got a lot out of it,
0: well, that's just the thing we did, but we got completely different things out of it. Hmm. We interpreted our conversation with the customer, the same one that we were both a part of, completely differently.
2: yeah, I think you know that's the perfect example of you know your biases playing in where you're you you're hearing what you want to hear, and the other person's hearing something different and you know I think again, try to separate the what you hear them saying from what to do about it. And so this is why doing more of them helps, right? So if you go, if you only interview one customer and you come away and you build a product based on what that one customer says, you, maybe you've built a product that just happens to work for other customers, but you don't know yet, right? So write down, take notes on what you're hearing, but but wait to synthesize it until you've talked to, say five five customers, right? Like here are all my notes from the five customers, here's all what they're all saying about the problem, Here's what they're all experiencing. Here's what's different about them, different about their environments. Now let me sit down and try to figure out what do I do about that? And so you're naturally drawing conclusions across a bigger sample, which is helpful. So you're not just kind of snapping to whatever that one customer says, but also their thing is, is the benefit of time, some of the emotion is removed. So if you're doing this now, a couple of weeks later, after five different customer interviews, you're looking more at the types of patterns, you know, well, geez, I'm getting validation that they're all experiencing this problem, but they're experiencing it in different ways. Um, that's gonna help you make better product decisions than if you just walk out of a customer interview and say, yes, we have to completely change our roadmap because what I just heard completely validates that I was right, that we should do X, Y, or Z. Uh, and again, this is, this is where professional researchers provide a ton of value in being able to synthesize and say, You know, these are the top line takeaways from what we heard from these conversations uh, and then just kind of removing some of the emotion and the human biases from the conversation.
0: So cases like this, they're examples of personal bias that we have making their way into our own conclusions.
1: But the more conversations you have, the better a chance you'll have in seeing
0: patterns emerge. And those patterns hopefully overpower those personal biases you may have. I asked Ken to sum things up for Yvette to give her one final quick takeaway that she could get out of this episode.
2: The real takeaway is listen more than you talk and try to listen in a way where you're really hearing what they're saying, not listening in a way that you're constantly jumping to what you're gonna say next or what it means for you or what it means for your product. I think the more you listen and the more customers are asked to talk about the problems, the more likely you are to build a winning product. Well, Yvette, I actually
1: have pretty high hopes for you that you'll address this challenge the right way. As Ken pointed out, the fact that you're even asking this it's a sign that you're a product person that truly cares.
0: Yeah, we hope that Ken's feedback here was helpful though. And and while this episode's winding down, we have one more episode left in this mini-series and it's available to you right now. So if you wanna close out the mini-series, you can do so right now if you want to. If you do, well, we'll be back with you in just a few seconds.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. Can take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the podglomerate network. And if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the podglomerate, go to the podglomerate.com to see the full show listings.
0: RocketShip.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.